it is time for all of us to be nourished with the word of God. And I'm just a simple servant trying to read a Bible passage. I was in dilemma what to preach. Because there were two or three passages that, you know, resurfaced one after another one in my heart, uh, seeking for the priority of being delivered. But when I came to your church and when I saw the name of your church, I already got inspiration. And of course, in a deliverance church, it is always welcome a deliverance message. So my message today is about God's deliverance from dangers of death. And I'm going to read from the book of Acts. And if you have the Bible with you, you're welcome to um, open your hearts first for the Word of God and then your Bibles. Well, I don't have a physical book, but it's the same message. The last, the last chapter in the book of Acts. Chapter 28. I'm going to read the NIV version, not because it's the best version, but because it's the easiest to read for me speaking English as a second language. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us, uh, us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, uh, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to leave. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. Three days, okay. We all understand that. I'm staying three days in Nairobi this time. But I plan to stay more days. Okay. Generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and, after prayer, placed his hands, maybe the same hand that was bitten by the snake, placed his hands on him and healed him. When... Um, this has happened. The rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. 
They were healed. They honored us in many ways, and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. We stop the reading here and we say, Amen. This is a very known narrative. I like the book of Acts. Some say Acts of the Apostles. Yes, we have apostles acting in this book. Some say the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we see the Holy Spirit. Some say the Acts of Jesus Christ. Well, even Jesus was ascended to heaven, he was still acting on behalf and through his disciples. But disregarding if it's the book of Acts of the Apostles or the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit or the book of Acts of Jesus Christ, this is a book of Acts. And I like books about Acts. I like people of God acting by faith. I like people of God being in action. But being in action sometimes means dangers. And there were several dangers described in this book of Acts. Particularly three dangers are described in the last chapters. Three dangers of death through which Apostle Paul had to cross quite in a very short time. Quite in a very short time. Now, we may cross through similar dangers. Dangers where we can lose our lives. I have just been through such dangers lately. When um, God saved my life through a miraculous surgery, when I went to a doctor, he said, you should have been dead. You should have been dead with your coronary uh, uh, blood, sung, blood vessels blocked 99% on one side of the heart. Well, they sent me to the first surgery. It was a long surgery. That was December 19, last year. For 10 days I was in coma. But God gave me life. Well, it is true that I knew that I was going to go through this because I had some symptoms that were heart attack symptoms. But I was too busy in doing my ministry that I didn't pay much attention to my health. And then the Lord said, okay, now it's time to see your heart. And I have been through such situations, not once, more times. And I'm sure that many of you, you have been through similar situations. And I want you to be encouraged today that disregarding the gravity of the danger of that we might be going through, we have somebody who can deliver us. And we will see three ways of deliverance from three different dangers of death that we may go through, like Apostle Paul did. The deliverance belongs to the Lord. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. He is the deliverer. In any situation, in any crisis, in any type of dangers that we will be talking about, the deliverance belongs to the Lord. He is the deliverer. We are the beneficiary of this deliverance. 
Well, you may remember that Apostle Paul was on his road to Rome. He was under uh, an official arrest. He was not a criminal. But, because he had asked for um, um, having his case heard by Caesar in Rome, because he used his Roman citizenship right to uh, appeal, to, he used his legal appeal um, to be judged by the Caesar, he was sent to Rome under, under uh, I cannot say under arrest, but he was under uh, supervision, under official supervision. So technically he had the status of a prisoner, but he was not a real convicted prisoner. So he is on his way to Rome. The Roman centurion in charge, I think by name Julius, he knew exactly the status of Paul. And he protected Paul as much as he could. Okay, now they travel from Caesarea, they travel to um, the nearest port, and then they continue, they take another vessel, another uh, ship uh, that was going to Rome, and um, on that ship, uh, there were about, I don't know how many prisoners, but at a certain point, all the people from the boat were 276, Paul and his team included. And who was with Paul? First was Aristarch and Dr. Luke was also in Paul's uh, team, accompanying him to Rome. Well, there... Their journey goes by the island Crete, and um, they have to take a decision, should they continue or should they wait? Now, opinions were divided. Uh, Paul realized the danger of continuing the journey in that very season through those uh, uh, seas, and he advised them to wait. But there were other opinions, you know, uh, business-oriented and time-oriented, and they, they entered into the uh, wrong season of the sea. And sometimes similar things may happen to us. With or without our will, we enter a dangerous zone in the wrong season, in the wrong season of life. And it's just a matter of time till the storm is, re is there already. Now, I don't know the name of the storm that may be waiting for some of us. Could be a name of a sickness. Could be a name of a crisis. Could be a very ugly name that we don't even, to want, we don't even want to pronounce. Could be... Divorce could be bankruptcy, could be cancer. But there are different storms in some seasons of life. And with or without our will, we are caught by those storms. Now, the name of the physical storm on the sea at the time was called Eurokilon. So here comes the Eurokilon. 
read and understand the danger of that storm. For two weeks, they lost control of the ship. They couldn't do anything. They were just victims of the storms. And there are situations when we cross similar storms. And these are, in my message, the first categories of dangers. Dangers where you can do something. Again, dangers where you can do something. You could be part of the deliverance of the deliverance. Not the original, sorry, not the uh, author of the deliverance, but you can do something. And God will let you do everything you can till you cannot do anything else. This is what happened on the ship. They had some experience how to deal with storms, right? And they tried to use their knowledge. They had some means how to survive, and they used all of those means, but the storm was bigger than their possibilities. And um, you know what they did? They decided to throw the cargo of the ship. They decided to, to throw the tools of the ship. They decided to do everything, and they have done everything for two weeks, and no hopes. They reached a moment, and I like to see Luke. If you read chapter 27, there is a passage over there where Luke, who was, written, who was uh, writing the, uh, the book of Acts, Luke said, we reached the point, we reached the point where we had lost any hope. Any hope. And I'm sure that we may reach similar points where we have no more hope. What happens when you reach such a point? But how could Paul forget what the Lord had told him? He knew that he had to go to Rome. He knew that his mission was to go and bring a living testimony for the gospel even to Rome. He knew that, and yet in the middle of the storm, he reached the point where he had lost every hope. We know that we have a great destiny. We, uh, we know that we are needed to do uh, this and that and this and that. We know that this is not the end. And yet, when is the peak of the storm, we may reach the point of losing every hope. Have you been to such points? Yes. Now, what has the Lord done in your life when you reach similar points? I hope that the Lord did the same what he did to Paul. He encouraged Paul. Paul has a vision. Paul has a dream. An angel of the Lord comes with a message. And what's the content of the message? Don't be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. This is not the end. 
fear not. Don't you remember that you must go to Rome? Have you lost your mission? Have you lost your destiny that God has to use you? How could you lose all hope when you are in a mission for, for, for God of all hopes? God will come and God will encourage you and will bring you hope. And if you read carefully that message three times, the angel said, you must, you must, you must. You must reach Rome. You must reach Rome. You will not die here in the middle of the ocean. In this storm. You will not die in this storm. No matter how desperate the situation is, God has a destiny for you. God will deliver you to reach that point of destiny. You will not perish in this storm. You must reach Rome. You must. Now, how about the, the ship? Oh, the ship must be wrecked. The ship must be lost. Well, don't tie yourself on the ship too much. Let its cargo go. Let its tools be gone. Let the ship go in pieces. What's more important is that you must be to the final of your destiny. You must be reaching the final of your destiny. Forget about the ship. Because sometimes we are ready to die for the ship. We are ready to die for that house. We are ready to die for that car. We are ready to die for that job. Jesus says, no, 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 no. no. I don't have in my mind your ship. I don't have in my mind your car. I have in mind you. You will not perish in this storm. Maybe this is the message for somebody who is in the middle of the storm. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the angel of the Lord has to remind us that there are some things that must happen. So, you must, you must reach an island. You must reach an island. Now, there is an island. There is a way to escape from the storm. Now, let me tell you something. What did Paul, when he realized this, what did he do? Did he keep this message for himself? In the very moment when you are encouraged, you have a mission to encourage those around you. You have the mission to tell everybody, hey, people, People, you know we are all in the same boat. We are in the same danger. But the difference between me and you is that I have a God. And God whom I serve told me that we will not perish. Even if you don't serve the same God, it's important that I have a God whom I serve. And God whom I serve sent an angel of His to me to tell me that we will not perish. God will give you those around you, but you have to encourage them. You have to tell them that you deserve, sorry, you serve a God that deserves to be served. And that God will deliver us. And guess what? All the people from the ship believed Paul. Paul. 
Julius couldn't make them eat. Julius couldn't give them hope. Paul gave them hope. And Paul said, now it is time to eat. It is time to act. Because the, 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 the ship will be uh, wrecked in pieces. And we need strength. We need strength. We need strength to swim. If you don't know how to swim, you need strength to hold that piece of wood till you reach the shore. But you need to eat. And you know what the people did? They accepted the leadership of these men of God. When you know how to encourage others around you, that will give you authority to be a true leader. A true leader is one that gives hope. A true leader is one that convinces people to act and to let themselves be, be means of providence. Because at this very moment, it is God who saves you, it is God who saves us, but we have to swim. We have to eat. We have to do our best. We have to participate in that deliverance. We can do something. It is God who encourages us to do something. Eat, be ready to swim, don't know to swim, no problem. Hold on on a piece of, 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 of wood till you reach the shore. No one will die. Now, if you are in a situation where you can do something, God is encouraging you, it's encouraging you to do that, to do your part. And you know the story. A few hours after, they realize that the land is nearby. You know, in, at, the day, at the daybreak, they saw the island, but they also saw the danger because it was not a safe harbor. And um, they were close to the shore when here comes the sand. You know the story. In a few seconds, everybody realized that they are stuck with the prova of the ship in the sand. Now the waves were hitting the pupa of the ship, the rear part of the ship, and uh, it was just a matter of several minutes till the ship was supposed to be destroyed. And um, they already knew what to do. They already knew what to do. They have to swim. If they cannot, they have to hold a piece of ship and reach the shore. But when you think that you are out of one danger, here comes another danger. Sometimes just like that. You don't even have time to say thank you, Lord, till there is another danger. Now, the second type of danger is the danger where other people can help. You cannot. Other people can help. That was the danger of execution. The first was the danger of dying in the storm. The danger of naufrage. Actually, they naufragiated, but they were escaped. The second danger was the danger of execution. There was a legal procedure that the prisoners should have been killed or executed 
so that they cannot escape any or during a natural cataclysm or during a natural circumstance like naufrage or earthquake or something like that. The prisoners were the liability of the soldiers. And if they had to jump off the ship, the prisoners were technically freed. And Paul was not a real criminal. He was not a prisoner at all. But other people were. And now the soldiers came to Julius and said, Julius, we have to apply the legal procedure. We have to execute all prisoners. Fast. We have only a few minutes left. You didn't, you, you didn't see this coming. You didn't see this coming. You were too busy to escape the first danger. Now here comes another one. And you cannot do much. No angel of the Lord to encourage you. No... Those who you protect, those who you encouraged, must execute you. But God has always somebody to help you, to rescue you. Somebody willing to risk his career and his position for your sake. Because what, what, Luch, what uh, Julius did was against, was against the official procedure. He said, well, today we don't execute anybody. Why? A second time when all those around you are, are delivered because of you. Because that you have a special role in the plan of God. And God will rescue you and all of those around you. Julius said, today we don't execute anybody. Doesn't matter the consequences. Today we don't execute. We cannot execute this man. He is the true leader. He has a God that saved us and everything happened exactly as he was told. We cannot do such, a, such an injustice for the sake of justice. No, we cannot. And he risked his position. God has many people that would risk his position on their career, their position, their career. To help you. Could be a doctor. Could be a lawyer. Could be a loan officer. Could be a business owner. Could be somebody who can address your particular need. Your particular danger that you didn't see coming. You didn't see coming. Oh, praise the Lord. They have reached the shore. Now they have escaped the storm. Paul has escaped the, the, uh, the, um, the, the execution. Now they are safely on the shore. And when uh, they, Paul, uh, look, even, even right, we safely arrived on the shore. I don't know if Paul went or not, but probably he, he, hold, he held a piece of wood, all right? Uh, but they safely reached the shore. 
And when you think that you are on the safety of the shore, when you think of comfort, of having a fire to warm you up, here comes the viper. Now, this is the third danger of death, where you cannot do anything and nobody can do anything but God. Only God can do. You know, when everybody saw what happened to Paul, you know what they said? For sure this is a criminal. Now, there are situations where you cannot do anything. Those around you cannot do anything. It's just a matter of time. You may fall off uh, all of a sudden death. This is what people were expecting. To see him swelling and falling dead. And uh, that didn't happen for a while. And they waited and they waited and they waited. But as they were waiting, they were judging Paul. And they said, okay, this is a real criminal. And people may say the same about you. Oh, he was lucky that he didn't die in the storm. Oh, he was lucky that he knew somebody that cared for him. But now, he's out of luck. He's dying. He has terminal cancer. We just have, oh, he must have done something for sure. God is right. God doesn't allow his people to go through all of these dangers. He was lucky with the two, but now with the third, he's gone. And they wait to see you falling dead. What do you do? What do you say when everybody is judging you? What do you do? And my question has an answer. Nothing. Do nothing. Do not try to justify yourself. Paul didn't say, hey people, I'm not a criminal as you think. I'm an apostle of the living Christ. I'm an apostle by the will of God. I have... He didn't say anything. He didn't say, well, I could be a free man. I'm not a real prisoner. Let me explain you. Julius is here. He knows. No. When everybody is judging you... Don't justify yourself. Let God intervene. But it looks like even God forgotten me. No angels to say, hey, come on. You still need to reach Rome. Well, of course, now Paul knew that he had to reach Rome. He had that peace and that rest and that faith and that assurance that he didn't do He didn't have to do anything. He just waited for the Lord to intervene. And do you know how the Lord intervened? Hmm? Not the way some people may expect. There was no angel there to heal the wound. No. There was no such a show. Because sometimes and most of the time, in situation where only God can intervene, He will intervene not by 
doing something, but by not allowing something to happen. Those people were watching. Two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, one hour, two hours maybe. And when they realize that he doesn't die, they change their opinions. People who judge you say nothing. Very shortly, when they see God at work, they will change their mind. And now, I want to conclude my message here. Of course, we could go on and on, and we could be more descriptive, and we may learn more from these narratives. But my point is for us to realize that God is the one who delivers us, all right? There are different types of dangers. They all may lead to death. God is delivering us differently from different types of danger. There are dangers where we have to participate because we can do something. There are dangers where God will put other people to help us because they can do something. And there are dangers where nobody can do anything but God. Now, this is the time when God will do, intervene in your life also. Amen. Wow. Thank you, uh, Gabriel, for that word that is, has been brought in a very simple but profound way. We've received the message, I believe. Amen? The ship must be wrecked but the lives shall be saved amen and he said something stop holding on to that ship there are times that you need to let it go because the more you hold on it on it and it has to be wrecked then it means you may have to be wrecked with it but if you let go, there is deliverance. Amen? I believe there are people here that are going through some storm. It may be two weeks. It may be two years. It may be just one day. Or just a few hours. Whatever it is. The message this morning. There is deliverance that is coming. For you have a destiny. And you must reach your destiny. Thank you, man of God. The storms should not deter you from reaching where you want to go. Amen? And I want us to stand. And as we stand, and you feel you're one of those that are going through that, the storm. In the next few minutes, can I get the worship team to the, to the front? As we 
sing, we praise. I don't know whether we praise or we worship. Whatever these ministers are going to give us. Amen? Remember this month, what is it for? What are we doing this month? We dedicated the month of August to what? Praise and worship, isn't it? We are not focusing on the storms. Storms will be there. And they may be many, and especially in the month of August. If you do not know, it's a very dangerous month. Many, many things happen. But you will not die. Okay? You will survive. That's the word of the Lord coming from his servant. That's what I'm capturing. We were not told we're not going through storms. We will. Some of us are already in those storms. But no one, and I like that, all the 276 yeah, that were in the ship. You know, I sat there and I thought for once, has there been an incident in the oceans where a ship is totally destroyed and no life has been lost? I think this is the first one. I am not sure I have heard of any other. Even in this modern technology. If the ship is destroyed and it, it sinks anyway, how do you expect that all of them, in fact I'm wondering, how did they, those who could swim, they swam, others held on pieces of the same ship that was wrecked. Praise God. You know what? The same ship. If you read it, ah, it's a good thing I'm getting something there. <laughs> that when you let it go, it will save you. Because you'll need it to get to the shore. But not a whole of it. You'll need pieces of it. So please, get the message again. Some of us are holding on to things that we must let go because when we let them go and they break, the same pieces the Lord will use to take you to the show, whatever it is. Come on, let's go. When the oceans rise